Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Reading today comes from two different places. It comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 53, and also Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Now, this is natural to have these two readings because the same author writes both of them. What we're getting here today is a picture of Jesus' last and final words to his disciples, and then he ascends back to the Father in heaven. So Luke writes his gospel, uh, and he addresses it to a fellow named Theopolis, and then he writes the book of Acts as a second volume. So Luke and Acts were were meant to be read together as a two-volume set. So we're going to read both accounts that Luke gives us of the ascension of Jesus and what we would call the Great Commission. So this is Luke's version. If you want to read another uh, gospel that gives more details, of course, uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, there verses 16 through 20, you get the Great Commission and the ascension of Christ there also. But Jesus had already told his disciples that he was going to have to go back to the Father. The word he uses literally is ascend to the Father. A great place to look in the Old Testament of a picture of what's about to happen for Christ would be Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel 7, you have the Son of Man uh, coming to the Ancient of Days, ascending up to the throne of God victorious. And so this is what's happening in this passage. So let's look at Luke 24 to begin with, verses 50 through 53. Then we'll flip over and look at Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Uh, once again, as normal, we're reading from the English Standard Version. First of all, Luke's gospel. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. Now let's look at Acts chapter 1, 6 through 11. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So interesting details. First of all, in Luke's account of the ascension, we get not a lot of information. We get that they go toward Bethany. This would be the Mount of Olives. So they're going up the Mount of Olives toward Bethany. That's how you would go to Bethany. If you remember, Bethany is where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. And more than likely would have been the place Jesus would have stayed when he was in Jerusalem. It's just a short distance from Jerusalem. Uh, So they're going toward Bethany to the Mount of Olives. It's the Mount of Olives where Jesus ascends. So he blesses them, and then he departs from them. He's carried up into heaven. Notice how Luke's gospel begins. Early in Luke's gospel, if you go all the way back to chapter 1, you start in the temple, Luke 1, verse 5 through 17. So Luke's gospel begins in the temple, Luke's gospel begins with great joy, and then his gospel ends the same way. The followers go back to the temple, and they have great joy. Now, that might seem troubling to us because we think as Christians, why would they go back to the temple? But 
Just realize these are Jewish people that realize that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Messiah, a very Jewish concept, uh, the Jewish Messiah. He is the one they had hoped for. So the place they would go is God's temple. So they go there to rejoice, and they're waiting for something to happen. Think about the day of Pentecost, where they were when Pentecost occurs. They're at the temple when the Spirit comes upon them because uh, when they start to preach, there's tons of people there because Pentecost would be one of those pilgrim festivals where a lot of people would be there. So this rejoicing goes on at the temple precincts. Now let's turn over to Acts. Acts gives us some more details. Of course, probably more was said at the ascension, probably a lot more. But the gospel writers are being very selective. And there's various reasons for that. First of all, God is in charge of all this. God is directing through the Holy Spirit, using the talents and the, the minds and the writing abilities and the memory of these fellows who are writing sacred scripture, guys like Luke. So there's this concept of inspiration going on. But also, at that time, you had to be very selective. You know, They didn't have printing presses, and it was very expensive to make books. So books were written very compact. You know, we think of in the modern world, it's really easy to make, you know, books with paper and, and writing materials are very cheap. So you can make large, uh, voluminous novels. But in the ancient world, writing was a lot more compact and tight because of writing materials and the technicality of writing and scribes. So things are selective. Uh, we don't get every minute detail of what happens there at the Ascension and everything that Jesus told them. But we're told what we need to know. Uh, what we need to know for our faith and our life. So let's look at uh, Acts now and see what we learn. Well, first of all, we know there's some questions they're asking Jesus. You know, Jesus has already been resurrected. So it's in between the resurrection and the ascension. They're saying, hey, is it time for the kingdom uh, to be established? They're still wondering about that kingdom concept. Like, how's this going to work? And Jesus says, look, don't worry about that. The Father has that under control. But what you need to do is go and wait the Spirit is going to come upon you. And when the Spirit comes upon you, you'll know it's time. So that's, that would be Pentecost. Uh, in just a few days, uh, the Holy Spirit will fall upon them mightily. And they will start to proclaim with boldness the gospel. And so you'll have what some people call Pentecost Sunday. Uh, some churches celebrate that. The beginning of the church, the birth of the church happens on Pentecost Sunday. And when the Spirit falls upon them. So one thing, too, that we see in, in Acts that's a little bit different from Luke, some more details. Uh, first of all, we're told what their mission is going to be. And Jesus gives them a progression. And this kind of acts like a table of contents for the book of Acts. If you'll notice in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, he says, Look, you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. You're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem first. So that's where the, the gospel will begin, in the city of Jerusalem. And that's exactly what happens. The church is birthed in Jerusalem. Then you're going to go to Judea, which that's kind of like the outlying area. So if you would think, you know, the state of Alabama, you know, Birmingham, you would start in Birmingham, then you'll go to the state of Alabama. Judea is the outlying region. Then you're going to go to Samaria. Now think about why that would be important. The Samaritans had been rejected. The Samaritans were people that were looked down upon. And they were not considered to be you know, full-fledged Jews. Uh, the Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans returned that hatred in kind. 
the Samaritans will be included. And as you read the book of Acts, you're going to see the gospel go to Samaria. Peter and John will go to Samaria and preach. And you'll see that later in the book of Acts. And then we get this to the end of the earth. So the Gentiles too. So you're going to have Jews, Samaritans, and then the Gentiles coming into the church. There's your progression. When you get to Acts chapter 10, you have Cornelius, who is a Gentile, comes to faith in Christ. It's a, a strange episode in Acts 10, how that goes about. Peter basically has to be convinced that you know, he is, Cornelius is acceptable to God. And then we see Acts end in Rome, the ends of the earth, right? Paul is in the city of Rome preaching under house arrest, and the word in Greek is akalaitos, which means unhindered. Maybe you've been in churches before. Some traditional churches have something called acolytes, usually young people that help with the worship of the church. And that word means unhindered, literally is what it means. And so Paul is preaching unhindered in Rome. So we're being told here by Jesus, here's what's going to happen. You guys are going to start in your hometown. You're going to go to your outlying region. You're going to include the Samaritans, and it's going to the world. So maybe we can learn something from this progression. So for our current context, we're here at Westgate Church in Dothan. So our mission starts with the city of Dothan. It goes to the city of Alabama, and then it goes to the world. Maybe think of it that way. And, and that would give you a, a sense of the progression that we see here in Acts. So today our, our reading was pretty straightforward. But this is a part of the gospel that we sometimes do not add. If somebody says, okay, well, what's the gospel? Well, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Well, that, that's true, but that's not all of it. If you're going to look at what was considered to be the gospel in, in every part of the Bible and take it as a whole, the gospel includes certain things. First of all, God became flesh. He ministered. Jesus ministered. He did die for our sins. That's important. He just didn't die. He died for our sins. He was buried. After three days, he was resurrected. Then he ascended on high. You see, that's a part of the good news. Jesus didn't just take a break. He is at the right hand of the Father advocating for us. He's there working for us right now. And then he will return again. So don't forget that part of the gospel. He is coming back, and that's what the angel tells them. He will come back just like you saw him ascend. So the angel saying, go get to work. Like, why are you staring at the sky? The next thing that's going to happen is Jesus will return. So the gospel, once again, this is very important for us to be sharp about this. God became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus ministered. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was resurrected after three days. He ascended on high to the Father and he will return again. That is the full gospel that really calls us to allegiance to give our whole life to him because he is king it's the gospel of the kingdom just like they talk about here in this passage are you bringing about the kingdom yes he is the king reigning at the right hand of the father he does have a kingdom people like us that bow the knee to jesus and he is our king well i hope you have a wonderful day and i appreciate you tuning back in today for our podcast and reading and uh, join us back tomorrow. We'll continue. Uh, tomorrow we're looking at Mark 16, 14 through 20. Devin will have that. And we'll continue in this study of the, the Great Commission, the ascension and the commission of the church. God bless. Mm-hmm.